Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Red Letter Podcast. My name is Hunter, and I am thrilled to have you listening today. There's thousands of podcasts out there, and there's millions of episodes, and I'm grateful that you click listen on this one. I would like to take some time in this first episode and discuss some of the goals and content of the podcast, and also tell you a little bit about myself. So for me, I'm from a small town in Texas. I uh, grew up going to church and was blessed enough to have parents that made sure that I value church and had a relationship with God as a child and uh, as I grew up to be a teenager and into my young adult life. Uh, as a teen, I was able to volunteer in different activities, uh, serving in vacation Bible schools, going on various mission trips, and ministering to different people uh, in some different places. However, I will say that in my adult life, that, that has not been the case. And I will own up to that 100%. And that's part of the reason why I'm speaking into this microphone today. Over the last year, two years, God's really stirred something in my heart and uh, lit, lit a fire in, in my soul that's led me to speaking today and creating this podcast. So I hope you enjoy. I'm not a preacher. Uh, I'm not a pastor. I don't have a plaque on the wall. I don't have a degree or certification saying that I studied the Bible for a certain amount of time or anything like that. But I do value my own Bible study and I value sharing the Word of God. And I'm hoping that in doing this podcast, uh, if God allows, this might be the first time we can do that on a large scale. I myself am working on becoming a better follower each and every day. And I hope that by sharing the good news of Jesus with you guys, that you can find yourselves growing as well. At the end of the day, we're all broken people and we all need Jesus. So let's just grow together. I would also like to start off and clearly state that the goal of this podcast is not to replace a church service. It's not to be a substitute for reading the Bible. My goal for the listeners is that they take the messages received here and they further increase their interest into their own Bible study and service to their own church. I think that in itself is very important for any person uh, seeking to have a relationship with Jesus. In this podcast, I'll be discussing the red letters, the words written in red, the words that are spoken by Jesus himself. I don't want to give the impression that other parts of the Bible are of our lesser importance because that's not the case. It's not that the other parts of the Bible don't matter because they really do. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy that all scripture is inspired by God. It is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This verse mentions all scripture because it really does mean all scripture, not just the ones that we're going to be diving into in this podcast. The entire Bible is of the utmost importance. It tells a story of a loving God that pursues a relationship with his creation, that creation including you and I. It unravels his plans to redeem that very creation through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and it invites us to take part in this story as his disciples and workers for his kingdom. It gives us clear instructions on how to manage that very task. And the words of Jesus are just a large part of that story. I pray and I hope that by looking into the words of Christ that it paints a clearer picture of who God is and what he's all about. I know that it has for me. If we want to know God, I think that the best way to gather more information about God is to go straight to the source. And that, of course, is Jesus himself. I look forward to diving into the scriptures with you and studying the words that are spoken by our God, to look into the context of what he was speaking and see how it related to the world in which Jesus lived before the crucifixion, and also how us as Christians living in today's world can apply it to our very lives. The cool thing about the Bible 
and I think many people misunderstand this, is the Bible wasn't written to us. Uh, if you look at some of the parts in the New Testament, the letters that Paul wrote were written to specific churches. Uh, some of the teachings that we're going to be going over with Jesus were spoken to his disciples, to the Pharisees, to the crowds that were around him. But while they weren't written to us, the Bible was written for us. And I think that's something that many people misunderstand. And I hope that in this podcast, we can dive into who it was written to and also who it was written for. And that's us. I personally find that by studying the teachings of Jesus that I've bettered my understanding of God and I've fallen into a much deeper love of him and with him than I ever could have imagined. And I hope that this podcast will invite you to do the same exact thing. So I'm going to start at the beginning of Jesus's ministry with the Sermon on the Mount. This is one of my personal favorite parts of scripture. It's encouraging. Sometimes it's convicting. It kind of makes us rethink the way uh, that the world around us makes us think. I flip things over into a way that it shines light on things that we never would have thought of. And of course, it's the undeniable truth. It's written in red. It's the words of Jesus. So here we go. Let's see what he has to say. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. The poor in spirit are blessed. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Those who mourn are blessed, for they will be comforted. The gentle are blessed, for they will inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are blessed, for they will be filled. The merciful are blessed, for they will be shown mercy. The pure in heart are blessed, for they will see God. The peacemakers are blessed, for they will be called the sons of God. And those who are persecuted for righteousness are blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So there it is. The word spoken from the mouth of our Savior Jesus. Let's dive in and dissect it a little bit. So here we are. Jesus starts at the beginning of his ministry speaking of blessings. Some scholars believe that the word used here better translates to God's favor. But either way, God's favor or blessings are poured out onto people. And in some cases that we wouldn't automatically assume we're blessed. It's easy for us to think that God will bless us when we're gentle, when we hunger for righteousness, when we're merciful and pure in heart. But Jesus doesn't even start with those things. Let's look back and see what Jesus says. He says the poor in spirit are blessed, that those who mourn are blessed. He says that you are blessed when they insult and when they persecute you. Now let's think about that. Try and recall a time in your life where you felt blessed when you were experiencing those types of trials. I don't know about you, but any time that I've had a broken spirit, when I've been mourning, when I've been persecuted, I don't automatically assume that I'm blessed, and I don't feel blessed at all in those moments. If we're on our own during those times, I can assure you we're not going to feel blessed at all. And that's because we're never meant to go through those types of hurt, those types of pains. We're never meant to go through them alone, for sure. From the very beginning, God's creation was meant to be in relationship with Him. Creation and relation. That would make a pretty good t-shirt. Our God has always had a heart for His creation. A love that knows no ends. A heart for the people of His creation. A love that isn't just for the people that have it all together, but it's equal for all people. And if we're being honest, none of us have it together anyways. However, Jesus evens the playing field for us. He steps down from heaven. He fills the gaps. If We just have to let him do it. And much like we need him to get through those hard times in our lives, we also need him 
to realize that we can never even display signs of gentleness, righteousness, and mercy and pure-heartedness without him. Because outside of him, those things don't even exist. The Beatitudes are preached and read over so often that we kind of get what people call the lullaby effect. We glance over the words too quickly. We hear people talk about them without really gaining an understanding of what they actually mean. I like to think that what Jesus is saying here is, I will make you complete. This world's going to let you down. People will let you down. Religion will let you down. Nothing can make you complete. But I will bring my blessing upon you. I will meet you in the middle of where you are and change your life. Jesus is saying that he's going to take those moments of pain and bring moments of joy. He's going to take our broken spirit and turn it into a spirit of peace. He will turn our mourning into a pure heart. Looking ahead at the book of Revelation, the end of the Bible, it paints a clear picture of a new world, a new creation, in which he will wipe every tear from our eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain, for the old order of things will have passed away, and he who is seated on the throne will say, I am making all things new. And that only happens through Jesus. Now let's look at it from the perspective of his audience that he was addressing here, the first century Jews. The majority of people in the attendance for the Sermon on the Mount would have been pretty familiar with most of these verses, as most of them are mentioned in multiple places in Jewish scriptures. As Jews, these people were very, very passionate about learning their scriptures, the Torah. They would send their children off to study Torah. Uh, They would do so for years. And having grown up hearing and reciting from Torah, it would be very common for them to be able to identify the things that Jesus was speaking of here. Like in the book of Isaiah, the prophet speaks of a God who will live in a holy place with the oppressed and lowly of spirit. Pretty similar to what Jesus mentions. Also in Isaiah, the prophet mentions that God will provide for those who mourn. Again, sounding pretty familiar. However, Jesus approaches each of these examples much different than the prophets did before him. He's not just calling them blessed or stating statements about them, but he's making authoritative declarations for each of them. He's not just saying that they're blessed, but he also includes the ways that they're going to experience this blessing. So let's look at how Jesus does just that. The red letters say, The kingdom of heaven is theirs. They will be comforted. They will inherit the earth. They will be filled. They will be shown mercy. They will see God, and they will be called sons of God. Jesus, the Son of God, makes such declarations because in the end he has the final say. He doesn't come straight out and say it yet, but he's making statements with power and authority because he's the long-awaited Messiah, the one that these people grew up hearing about, the one that these people have been waiting for. Those on the mountain, they don't know it yet, but I find that this section of Jesus' teaching sets the tone for what his life would be all about. Jesus comes to bring a new hope, and in the end to bring a new creation where there will be no more brokenness, no more mourning, and no more persecution. But for now... This is where it gets a little tough. He's he's calling people to experience some of those exact things. We'll continue to see that Jesus teaches things much differently than Jewish rabbis before him. And ultimately, and unfortunately, he does teach things much differently than churches do today. This leads me to what I think is a much heavier part of this message. Jesus goes from pouring out blessings. We all love blessings. We go to church every Sunday to get our blessings. But he switches the narrative here. He goes from speaking about blessings to a much less desirable experience. That experience is persecution. We tend to ignore this part of the gospel. And when doing so, we really, really fail ourselves. And we fail 
to understand the message of Christianity. Because Christianity isn't just a call to come and experience the love of God in Jesus. It's a call to experience the love of God in Jesus and share the good news of God in Jesus with others. When we do that, it takes us to places that we can never go on our own. Places that we would be too terrified to stand in front of if it weren't for the fact that we have the Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit guiding and directing our steps. Let's go back real quick and read verses 11-12. You are blessed when they insult and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now I can only assume that these words, as well as many of the other words that Jesus speaks that we'll get into later, sound straight up crazy to those who are hearing it for the first time. I'm sure that some of those sitting there on the hillside had no logical reason to think that this man would cause any reason for them to be persecuted. I mean, after all, he's just a new rabbi with a cool beard, right? Well, they were wrong. Jesus throws in a little foreshadowing here, much of which went straight over the head of the people listening. His lordship had not quite been revealed yet, but however, it should make perfectly clear sense to those of us listening to this podcast today. That takes us back to the Bible's not written to us, but it is written for us claim. We know that the persecution that comes along with being a follower of Jesus, or at least we should. And honestly, if you think that persecution was just something that happened to Jesus and his disciples, I hate to inform you, but you've been severely misled. While we know that Jesus was beaten and crucified for our salvation, his disciples, they suffered persecution even to death to protect and spread that very message of salvation. So let's talk about that real quick. Obviously, we know Jesus was crucified on the cross and paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. But Peter was crucified upside down, and his brother Andrew was crucified as well. Thomas was killed by soldiers in Syria. Philip was arrested and put to death. There are claims that Matthew was stabbed to death. Bartholomew was a martyr, and James' earthly life met an end by means of stoning. There's many more examples that I could mention, and while I think most of us know or have at least heard of some of these events, we never stop and think what that actually means for us. And this is where it gets kind of tough and it makes us kind of uncomfortable if I'm being honest. If you haven't faced persecution, even in the smallest form, I'm sorry but you're just not doing it right. And I found myself there more times than I'd like to admit. Here in the United States we're blessed. We think of persecution as someone just saying mean things to us because we have a cross on our t-shirt. But Have you ever heard the famous line, the sticks and stones can break my bones? Well, for some people, the sticks and stones aren't just a cute saying. For some people, the sticks and stones are real. In the time of the first century, where Jesus and his disciples lived in, even in some parts of the world today, persecution is present on a much larger scale than our American lifestyle has ever let us know. For example, in some parts of India and other places as well, the simple act of baptism is punishable by long jail sentences and possibly even death. However, this threat's not stopping the work of God being done in those places. In fact, we see people in those places living a much more biblical life than those in America. And it's not that they're not afraid of being persecuted, because I'm sure they don't enjoy the violence being inflicted upon them, but they find joy in knowing that through Jesus, the act of being persecution will bring blessing. The Bible says, Jesus says, be glad 
and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. Now I'm not saying that we should all go out and seek persecution. We shouldn't all go out and seek to die. But what I am saying is that we should live our life for Jesus in a way that if death was at the door, that we wouldn't back down. Having a faith willing to die for is kind of hard to comprehend for most people. But for us, we realize that the faith that we have in Jesus, Jesus is the conqueror of death. He's the giver of life and the God of all creation. To someone without faith, the way that our lives appear would appear flat out crazy. And flat out crazy is what we're meant to be. It's just that to us, it's not that crazy. Because when we look at it in the perspective of God's kingdom, as we confess our faith, we're stepping out into a life of eternal purpose. The things that matter here on earth don't matter in eternity. A purpose that goes much further than our breath in our lungs and the comfort of our living rooms. It's an eternal purpose of spreading His glory forever and ever. Now I find it important in my own life that when I read scripture that I look inward at myself to see if what I'm doing matches up with scripture. And if I'm being completely honest, there's many times where it becomes a hard pill to swallow. Because there's a lot of times my life isn't abiding by the principles that are presented in the red letters. My life at times looks nothing like what Jesus says it should. And that's a large part of why I started this podcast. I'm not going to sit here and act like I have it all together because I don't. At times I feel poor in spirit. I don't always act merciful. There are many ways every day that I fall short. Way, way short. There are times in my life looks nothing like what Jesus calls us to live. But luckily, I've learned that my shortcomings are made up by the act of love that Jesus demonstrated on the cross and his resurrection. His grace fills the gaps. And it's because of that grace and his love that I feel inspiration to share the words of Christ with others. I'm still working on doing that better. And sometimes I continue to fail. But I'm sure that some of you find yourselves in the same exact situation at times. And I'm so glad that you turned in to check out this podcast. Because as iron sharpens iron, so one man should sharpen another. Let's read the scripture one more time. The poor in spirit are blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Those who mourn are blessed, for they will be comforted. The gentle are blessed, for they will inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are blessed, for they will be filled The merciful are blessed, for they will be shown mercy. The pure in heart are blessed, for they will see God. The peacemakers are blessed, for they will be called sons of God. Those who are persecuted for righteousness are blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice, because the reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If you have any questions or you need any help, feel free to connect with me at redletterpod at gmail.com. That's redletterpod at gmail.com. I may not have all the answers to your questions, but I hope to be able to help you work through them using the scripture and God as a source for the solution. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I pray that you click on the next episode as well. I pray that the words that God has given me to share impact your life, they pierce your soul, and inspire you through the Holy Spirit to live a life without fear and uncertainty of an eternal life and new creation with the very person whose words we read today. Stay blessed.